Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Read Psalm 114, when Israel went out of Egypt and Jacob, out of a man of a strange land, Judah became his, and, and he said, the sea saw it and fled. Jordan ran back. That is powerful. If you read that scripture, it is like the power of God was moving. He said, what is wrong with you, O hills that you skip, that you are, Jordan, that you are driven back? Describing the journey of Israel from Egypt to, uh, what's it called? Um, from Egypt to Goshen. Canaan, sorry. But you know the sad thing about that? They conquered everything, but they all perished. What made them experience such mighty works? They were able to conquer everything, but they became, they, they confronted the battle they could not conquer. The devil tipped them against God. And every one of them did not survive. Except for Joshua, Caleb. Now, we're talking about newness. Because one of the God is telling us about this month is that it's a, it's, it's a new new beginning. It's, it's, it's a time of newness. And we will be looking at this in a very um, quickly as, as we can. You know, when we read um, second, second Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 16 to 17, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him does not know no longer. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, but everything is new. And everything is new. So verse 15 of that second quarter, chapter 5, verse 16 says that it says, we are, we are taking a position. We are having a view. Not that there are no other views, but we are, have, we are taking a view that we will not begin to judge things, people by the flesh. But we will begin to look at them by the Spirit. I'm betting some of this. So we have. So when Israel went out of Egypt, the first place God took them was the Red Sea. And what happened in the Red Sea? The Bible talks about that they were all. <coughs> baptized 
in them. When you read Romans chapter Romans chapter six verse four, it says, "Therefore we were we were buried together with him through the baptism, that is just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even to walk in the newness of life. In the newness of life. Now when you read." I think the Bible says, the Bible talks about that every, every one of them, okay, when you, when we just go um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Sorry, I don't have it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, can someone read it for me? Verse 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, yes, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the clouds. Yes. All passed through the sea. They passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses so, in the clouds. So what the Bible was saying, that when they went through the sea, God was taking them through a process of baptism. He was baptizing them. So he was saying, the first place you need to go is through the Red Sea, because I want you to be baptized. What the Bible tells us baptism is, is that you die to your whole self, and you resurrect as in the newness of life. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, and even when you even go to um, Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14, the Bible says from verse um, 27 to 28, the Bible says, Moses stretched forth his hand, and in the morning, and the morning, sorry, when, when the morning appeared, and the Red Sea turned to its um, to the student, why the Egyptians flee into it? So the Lord overthrown them, and the Egyptian in the midst of the sea. Verse twenty-eight says, "Then the water returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the armies of Pharaoh, that all came into the sea after them." So basically, what was the Bible saying is that after they went, God was trying to get at something. After the people of Israel. When they went through that baptism, God now said, look back, see Pharaoh today. And the Bible says that that water covered, it's interesting that God did not kill them outside. He could have. But he killed them in that water. What he was saying was that that water is, is the death place for everything that came out of him from, from Egypt. But the problem was, Israel now left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave Israel. They had successfully fought the battle. They had successfully seen Israel, sorry, see Egypt before them be buried. But Egypt had, had successfully planted itself inside of them. We're getting somewhere with this. Just follow me a bit. Then you see in Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, the Bible says that they were crying. They said that Egypt is better off than here. Why? Because Egypt now became, Egypt was already planted inside of them. 
They had done deliverance. They were saying, oh God, I'm free. They were free, but yet, because in Egypt, they began to learn traditions. There were some things that became a culture to them. For example, when they were in Egypt, they served God. But when they were with their friends, also in Egyptian, whatever it is, they served idols. So when they came to the wilderness, they had no problem by saying, Pharaoh, Aaron, get us something. It doesn't matter because that was the way we behaved in Israel, in, in, in Egypt. And God was answering our prayers because the Bible says that God had their prayers in Egypt. But Egypt had successfully reframed their mind. I'm not even talking about I would explain certain things to us because as we go <coughs> into this new year, it's important that you know we, we start off on a new on a new level. Now, when God told Israel, you are free. They shouted, Oh yes, we are freedom. But the problem was that. They did not understand what God meant by freedom. As far as they were concerned, I just want to be free. So is a sieve, correct? Is a sieve, is a sieve, is a sieve, is a sieve, they began, let's put it this way, is a sieve, you and God have entered the same bus. And you now discover that when you now left the bus stop, discover that your destination is different. Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. Right, so Exodus chapter Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. Which should be the next slide after, after that? Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. He said, The Lord spoke to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus saith the Lord. Let my people go. It's not that they, they, they can go and eat. He said, so that they can serve me. But if you ask the people of Israel, why God, what do you want? Freedom. And they had no clue that God's definition of freedom was a bit different from what they were talking about. You would know because Israel began to interpret freedom. By what they saw outside. Why? Because when Samuel, when he wanted to ask for David, they saw him for Saul. They said, Give us a king like every other person is having kings. Question is going to be this the desire you are asking for, what is your definition the same as God? God, I want you to bless me, I want to be extremely rich. That is not a problem. But the thing is that the way you are looking at spending money is the way you see that man driving, driving six cars and just traveling around the world. That is your own imagination. 
Yet, what God calls riches is that I want you to have this kind of things, but I also want you to go to the motherless baby's home in Africa, spend a week with them. You know, when you are both praying, it is Israel did not know that until they now got to the wilderness. I got to say, ah, what is this? He says, ah, no, Moses, ah, this is not what this is not what we thought we are coming to do. So then we need to go back to Egypt. <laughs> because that was why the only battle they had within the wilderness was God. Because everybody had signed up. God, I want to have wonderful kids. And God gives you kids. I go, oh, yes, now this is what they're supposed to do. But the Bible says you are, he gave you children to raise godly seeds on the heart. So in our beginning, the devil will now say, well, I've eventually... Now, what framed their mind? It was a challenge they had in Egypt that framed their prayers before God. And they did not know that they were free, but the devil had successfully free framed their world so that by the time they came to the place with God, it became a battle between them. I don't know if this makes sense. So the question is that what, what if you are asking for freedom, is your definition the same as what God is asking for? Some people want whatever it is that you want. I want to be at the top of my career. And God is saying, yes, I too wonderful. So you both sign. Because you did not fully hear what he has said. You to jump into it. You now get to the top of your career. And God begins to say, ah, <laughs> what's going on here? I mean, God, no, 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 no. You know, we, we, no, no, when I, when I did not, I did not tell you to go out there and enjoy yourself. I could have kept you in Egypt. But I brought you out here for my own agenda. The problem is that this was the agenda of the people of Israel. Let my people go. This was the agenda of God. And for some of us, our agenda is this one. This other path, we don't remember that. God, I want to develop in, in, in my spiritual gift this year. And God is saying, okay, yeah, 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 I want, I, I want everyone, it's, it's not a problem. And when he now begins to make demands of you, he's like, okay, I don't have time for all these kind of things. And he's saying, ah, excuse me. <laughs> I'm as well chuck you back where, where I picked you from. But the sad thing is that God did not chuck them back to Egypt. He dealt with them in that. So maybe we need to start to refine our questions. Now, one of the things which Israel began to, which, which Egypt taught Israel, 
was that it taught them a culture. They had a culture, a way they do things. And that is one thing. Sorry, if we go to two slides before, the, before that. The Bible says that you are making the word of God of no effect through your traditions. There becomes a time when the cultures you are built may become an hindrance to what God wants to do. <coughs> culture could be, culture is what is left, a way of life. It could be the challenges of your life. I'm not talking about only spiritual, um, some of us has a perception of who a man is. And God is trying to bring you into, I'll get to those things, that God can be speaking to you 24-7 and your culture will still be an issue. Why am I saying that? Because we are, God is trying to with the position his church. But there are cultures that have been built and it could be an interest on his way. So what is culture? I want you to look at something which I, 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 you can Google it, but something that you may not have noticed. Please, can I have just... Yeah. Culture is a way of life. Now, he said the way of life, especially in a general custom and belief, of a particular group of people at a particular place and time. So that means that you need your cultural view. I'm not talking about culture of the black culture. That's what I'm talking about now. Culture being a way of life. You need to be conscious of both place and time at a particular place. Sorry, that's, I don't know when. When you read it, it says as at a particular place and time or at a particular time, a group of people. On that version, would say that at a particular place. So that means that cultures may be limited by time. For example, the culture, a good culture is that you have a house with a dining table and every kid sit down there and eat. Until you come to London and you discover that our houses are so small <laughs> that you don't have leg to put anywhere. So what are you going to do with that culture? For every culture, it is supporting a value. People do not understand the difference between culture and values. You can have a culture, sadly as we do, it is good, it is important, that everybody in our fold, we call them sir and ma, no matter your age. But there is no point having that culture when somebody is sleeping with young girls and they go sir. It doesn't make sense. 
Because that culture is not, that culture is, you are just holding on to the culture. You've lost the value of it. Mm. Does that make sense? So as, because as time begins to happen in life, your culture will be challenged because that culture is tied to time. But you need to understand what is the value of something. What is the value it's trying to promote versus the culture. So that is, that is why, so that you can go to, you know, I was listening to the place that when you go to Japan, you, when you are eating with a group of friends, you don't pour your own drink. You have to wait. If you want to pour a drink, you pour it for somebody else. You have to wait for somebody to pour it for you. You get what I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that what are they trying to promote? Respecting one another. Thinking of someone else. That is the value. <laughs> When you bring it to a Yoruba culture, it is interpreted in a different way, but it is the same value. When you now hold on to a culture and you cannot interpret what the value is, I'll give you an example. Biblical culture, and it became an issue in the scriptures, circumcision. If I ask an average man, why is why 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 are you circumcised? They can't they don't know. <laughs> but there is it is a mark of the of a covenant with God. That was why when David got for Goliath, he said, Who are you, this uncircumcised Philistine? Because circumcision for them meant something. Chicken and Tennessee. I am not against cultures. But what I'm saying is that always judge your cultures with values. I was speaking to a man, a servant of God, who God is, you know, he, he was, and he made a confession to me. He said he was in a place and they were concerned about if people were standing there who knew that he was fornicating. And they were concerned about how his garden looked like. And he said, the sad thing, of course, after many years, he said, the sad thing for me was that these people knew I just committed adultery now. And none of them opened their mouths to say, what well, you don't draw. But they saw him because his garden was supposed to be here. They told him, that was the first thing they, they complained about. <coughs> and they complained to an extent, they told him that you, know, you cannot do anything in church. They left the one that matters. What does Jogadu do? It is promoting a value of discipline. And you see in discipline on the ground. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because most of all these things, when cultures are formed, cultures are formed to support values. Why am I going through this? It's because as God begins to or environment that God begins to take you to begin to challenge your culture, you would always know that it is not your value that God is talking about. It is your cultures. <coughs> this is what we believe church should look like. That's your culture. Values. 
is more precious power. There are certain things that was God, because in the time, God allowed it to happen in that way. That is why you cannot change culture if you don't understand it. You cannot dismiss culture because you have no what does it mean? You are, you, are, you are running into the ditch. You must understand the culture, the reason why that culture came about. Before you can make a judgment of should we amend it? Because you cannot amend what you don't know. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a free for all to say, you know, uh, this because at times people just make decisions and I just look at them and you know, you have no clue where this came from. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So you have in the days of um, 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 Peter, Galatians, he says, uh, Peter and uh, Paul said, now Peter had come to Antioch. I withstood him to his face because he was, he was, he was to be blamed. For, for before a certain man came from, from James to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew himself and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Now, what was happening was that Peter was struggling because he knew that, you know, these people are not circumcised. The Jewish culture says they have to be circumcised. But the value it is trying to promote is consecration unto God. Peter, it became a, and it's until Paul had to confront Peter and say, excuse me, this is what God is trying to promote. Does this make sense? Yes. Another case would be Peter, where Peter was, um, when the fish came down from heaven, I uh, saw the animal came down from heaven, Cornelius, and the God said, eat. He said, no, I can't eat it. Why? Ha! This is the way they told us to do it. And God said, I am the one that created it. Hit it. God had to speak to him three times before he could move on. See, why am I also saying this? Is that you can understand what the devil is after with you. Most of the time, people do not understand what exactly the devil is looking for. There are times the devil will attack you and you will conquer. There are times the devil will just leave you to go and rest. The Bible says after Jesus, after I tempted Jesus, the Bible says Jesus cast him away. The Bible says that after a while, the devil left him and said, Lord, sing, go to go and rest for a while. Some people, they've not conquered anything. They were just said, you know, you, you need some breathing space. Let me give you time off. But in that category, you fall into. The devil is after something. 
Because it's trying to frame your mind. You can, and what I am trying to discover this morning is the habit of winning wars but losing the battle. I'll use two people as an example. Jesus cast out demons. He healed the sick. He went to people and people rejected him. But he still did everything. But do you know what the devil was doing, even though I, as he was conquering, the devil was trying to frame his mind. Why? Because so that when he got to the cross, the first statement he made will determine either all his work will come to an end or pass. What is the statement? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. Why is it important? You cannot be their accuser and be their savior. You cannot accuse them at the same time be their savior. So what the devil was using all those situations to do is to frame his mind. Because he knew that, you know, by the time he gets that, he sees everybody as his enemy. He will get to the point that matters most and fail. He did the same to Joseph. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that Joseph was sent ahead of his brethren so that he can save them. But it was his brethren that sold him. It was his brethren that made him go through all those things. Only if if Joseph had come to that point and said, ah, you made it for him, but guess what? God condemned you today. You will have lost everything. You may have, challenge, you may have success and victories in 2018 and challenges. Be careful how he's framing your mind to the challenges to come. One thing film, films do, do, you know, even in Nigeria, they used to call it, um, when, you, when they do Nigerian films, they say, Emakeko. What are they doing? They know that that film is also indoctrinating you. Subconsciously, you are aware. There are so many Nigerian people that believe that, you know, when, when you see, in light girl, she's an Obandi. It's the truth. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How did you get there? <laughs> Let me tell you one thing. Which the devil has ever been doing. I am not denying that there are issues. But what he does is that he takes a minority issue and he propagates it. The same thing he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden. He took that happen and he said, in all that God has given you, this one, and the Bible says, as she looked at it, it became the general thing. You know, I have seen, I was saying, I have seen the prophet of God that was somewhere here 
in London and came to visit somebody and they came out and they wanted to drive the car. They now saw a black cat on the car. He took oil. <laughs> so I said, you are not going to move this car away until we are anointed after. See, what I'm trying to say is that this thing may look like I am trying to, because, see, at times, when people win battles, what my greatest concern at times is that, yes, they've won the battle, but what culture has the devil successfully created in them? Because that is what will determine if they're going to come out of the wilderness or not. Israel clearly came out of Egypt. But their mind had been tinted. So people's battles in marriages is because of the cultures you've gone through. What is the right culture? That is why we started from that place. Let the scriptures be the view you will see things from. Even the Yoruba people say, "En toba kudu anu woke, e bora bora chwo." Google it. English translation. In this new year, as we are going, you need to begin to ask yourself, what is framing your thinking? Because these advantages will come. These successes will come. But guess what? If your frame of mind is tinted by either the challenges you have overcome, I'm not saying that you are defeated, that you have overcome, and you are using that as a yardstick to judge every <coughs> other thing you see, then you'll be a problem. Some of us, even in our career, Maybe you prayed for someone and that person did not get healed. And it becomes a culture in your mind. I was praying for someone recently. And this is what I think I would pray for someone recently who had issues with their legs. And because I was saying, God, maybe I need to hear God to find out what God is saying before I pray for that person. That sounds good. And it's right. But God said, where did you read it in the Bible? I said, heal the sick. And he said, go and first consult before you pray. He said, if I have a problem, I will tell you as you pray it. That person got healed. But guess what? I will have allowed philosophies of why? Because I had prayed for somebody and I, I, I've shared this with us before. I prayed for somebody and the person died. And I would say, maybe if I, had, if I had asked God more questions. And when I saw another one, I said, you know, wait, let me first of all go and confirm. Because even though it was a challenge, I have, he had framed my mind. I'm just going to read two scriptures for us as we close. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He said, our weapons of war are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. What did he say this spiritual war is? Please read on. Casting down of arguments, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing down thoughts into captivity and into obedience of Christ. See, there is a we say, bringing down imaginations, thinkings that is badly against God. There are some places that, you know, God cannot send people to go and do, uh, if this is what God wants me to do, this is not, and God is saying, no, I am sending you there. That is your own field. I know that this may not necessarily be what we are expecting, but what I just feel is that as God is moving direction of this church, the Holy, even though the mountains may be skipping. The sea may be parting before you. The greatest battle will be the culture of your mind. The culture of your mind. And the Bible says in the Hebrews 9, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish, cleanse your conscience from dead works? And that is our prayer today. Lord, as I go into this new year, Cleanse my conscience. Because if your conscience is clear, you can hear directly from God. You know, you, you, you can quickly pick it up. My mom, my mom will say, if the only way you know that the Holy Spirit has left you, if your conscience is dead, mm-hmm. and you are doing something wrong, mm-hmm. and you have no clue that is wrong, the Holy Spirit has traveled, like my dad would <laughs> When they are telling you this is wrong, you say, oh, 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 what is it? And there is nothing within your mind that is pricking. The Bible calls it people whose conscience has been sealed with hot iron. That's what the Bible calls it. And that is what, but when your conscience is alive, it begins to guide you. And I think it is an important prayer to pray. That God, as you are creating this harvest, whatever has wired me to think that this is not, this doesn't matter, and walk away from it. See opportunities and walk away from it. See things that people are saying that, you know, this is where God wants you to take, and you go there and say, oh, maybe it's not me because of my past experience or because of what I have, I have been through. God today, as I am crossing the new year, let it die. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cross baptism 
and still have my old nature. That was what happened to Israel. They left Egypt, but Egypt never left them. You know one of the problems that Egypt had, they had in Egypt? They've never seen money before. So when they got money in Israel, in, in the wilderness, they said, let us make that money as God, so that we can worship it. Because they've never seen money before. <laughs> and when money came, it was trouble. Why? Because slavery had taught them something. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.